where you need to be willing to stand behind your own value as well, right? So it does go beyond the letters on the listing agreement or the letters on the buyer rep agreement that say, here's what I'm responsible for by virtue of the law. Like, yes, signing that protects them, but signing that with anybody protects them. It's really also, why should it be with me? And this is hopefully what you're framing this whole conversation with. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, one and all. We're back and we've got some new audio equipment. We're leveling up right here. We're back and we're clear, clearer (laughs) than we've been in the past. It is time for another live episode of Level Up. I'm Daniel. You're Katie. I am. Hello. I am. Hello. How have you been? Everybody. I am doing pretty good. How about you? Other than being freaking freezing, it is cold outside today. I was going to say, it's not freezing in here. I feel like the heat's up too high. Yeah, well. Are yeah, you cold in there? We're like my, in my the same building. My office is always cold. No, because I don't have like a, I don't know. It's just not always cold. I think it's all the windows, which I shouldn't complain about. But when it's winter, it's like <laughs> colder. Anyway, ooh, hello, everyone. Ooh. Hello, Facebook group. If you're joining us, we're just, as you can see, every week, we just come on live sporadically and use this as our opportunity to record our podcast and maybe interact with a few of you that might want to hang out with us. Well, yeah, let's kill several birds with a single stone. (laughs) So this this isn't a, this isn't a content batching episode, but one day we can actually really kill birds and talk about what we're doing as the content of what we're doing. But that's not today because today we're talking about something that I know a lot of people we talk to have, um, Maybe more recently than other, but I don't know. It always seems to be kind of a constant uh, issue that we get asked about, which is actually getting our would-be clients to put some pen to paper and sign agreements with us. The relationship's good. We're all friends. We're talking. Everybody's happy. Things feel good. But until you've actually got that agreement signed, um, you're susceptible to not being tied to them and they're not tied to you. And for that reason, uh, really your clients are not your clients. They don't owe you anything. They're not. They can make them think they are, but yeah, no, it's, it's a challenge. Make them think they, well, I mean, you you could lie to them, but you'd be lying and you'd still (laughs) be susceptible to them not giving you the business when they actually decide to buy or sell a property. So, um, yeah. We're going to yeah, talk a I think bit the, about that. Yeah. So I think the biggest or the bigger challenge for most agents is getting that buyer rep agreement signed uh, because I know a lot of people that will have it signed along with an offer that goes in, 
hopefully at that point they are explaining it to their client, but I've heard some pretty bad stories out there that they just slip it in with the agreement paperwork and don't make mention of it. So we're not that, we aren't those kind of agents though in this group. So that'll be the, that's the, the number 20 on a list of the top 20 ways to get it signed is your absolute last resort of now I have to do it and I'm going to do it with the offer which is still better than making an offer without a rep agreement, but that's True. not the way to do it yeah. for a multitude of reasons, notwithstanding what you said. The biggest of those reasons is you probably haven't taken the time to explain it to them when they're yeah. signing it in that situation. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's different, different factors going on. I think, I think for new agents, we're dealing with likely a lack of knowledge and confidence in explaining the agreement to their clients. They're worried that the agreement is going to get combed through by their clients and everybody's going to ask so many questions and maybe they don't want to be bothered with that kind of thing. Um, so first and foremost, you need to understand. I remember somebody telling me when I first started, you need to, because if you're across the table from somebody and you're showing the actual paperwork to them, you need to be able to go through those paragraphs upside down, like with the form upside down, because you're kind of going through with your client who's sitting across from you. And I found that was the best way to learn because you just look at the paragraph, you know what it says. And if you can have like a one or two little summary sentence summary about what that paragraph includes and just go through it, that just shows that you're super confident. You're super, um, you know, you, you just, you, you know, this is the right process to take. And I think a lot of times when we hesitate, clients end up hesitating because they're like, are you supposed to be doing this right now? Like what, what, what are you trying to trick me into? So it's really that confidence piece that you have to start out with. To be clear, that doesn't mean you need to teach yourself upside down, although it is a great skill to be able to see where they're at when it's upside down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, kind of upsetting, but it's reality to think that there's those of us out there who are nervous about explaining the form mm -hmm. because, and we'll get into it. I mean, the premise behind all of these forms and agreements is not just to get you paid, right? I think like a lot of us look at it as like, well, when I have this sign, now I've got them locked in and now I'm going to get paid. And that's really the misnomer that drives you misnomer. That's a hell of a word. That's that's what drives you to be nervous in getting people to sign it. Because if you have this attitude of I'm getting them to sign this document that is in any way, anything other than just a protection for both parties, which is what it is, you're going to lose sight of the actual message. And it's going to make it harder for you to explain it confidently and to come at them, like you said, in a way that makes you feel good about it and makes your client feel good about it when you're explaining it to them. And number one, what that is knowledge of what it actually says. It's it's not a scary form. And I think a lot of times we do approach it like that. Either we're scared because we don't know really what it says and we don't want to be asked questions or we're scared of asking for that commitment. But this is part of the process. And you, if you treat it as such, it will be a lot easier for you to be able to present it. And Another great way to do that is to provide that information upfront before a meeting, whether you're doing a listing presentation or a buyer meeting, having that information sent to them ahead of time allows you to 
bring it up a lot easier. And hopefully they've had a chance to at least take a look at it or have knowledge that this is coming. This is part of the process. So that's another great way to kind of break the ice when it comes to these forms. Right. This shouldn't feel like a separate, mutually exclusive piece of your relationship with them, right? This is a key component of a working relationship with a would-be client. And the sooner you're able to establish that with them, when you're explaining how it all works with you, when and if it comes up, it's not a surprise, right? The element of surprise doesn't work in any angle, whether it's paperwork or whether it's whatever, right? Like most of the stuff we talk about, nightmares that happen in real estate are a function of surprises and the unexpected. And we talk about managing expectations. This is a prime example of being able to do that. So you mentioned, I guess, as early as possible, like if we do this chronologically, mm. right? I think for us, I mean, it is part of if we do communicate things like a buyer package or a listing presentation or things like that, part of that usually includes a timeline where we are uh, laying out all the steps that are involved in the relationship beginning to end. And one of those steps, you know, right around or, or, or in the area where we're talking about choosing your realtor, because we're never really supposing they've chosen us until they've signed with us, hmm. that comes equipped with, that's when we're going to go through this documentation, have a look at it. Here it is. It's part of the package. I'm happy to send it to you, whatever it is, right? That lays out here's what this not scary at all document is. And I'm going to go past that in a minute too. And to not even that it's not scary, but in fact, it's a good thing, mm -hmm. which I think is a key message. This isn't yeah. something definitely that we should be afraid of, but like you were saying, to make other people afraid of it is only if you frame it in a light that actually instills fear, where these documents are should be the opposite of that in the way that yeah. we explain it to our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So have a procedure when you first start speaking with a client, whether it's a buyer, seller, tenant, um, you need to have a, you know, you don't need to, but have like a, 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 a system of operating when you first meet with somebody. And that should include a standard email with this information sent out to them. Hopefully you have a buyer package that you can send out to them as well. Um, and then that's valuable information that you're sending ahead of a meeting. And again, when it comes back to buyers, it's really about having an initial meeting, understanding their needs, understanding how much they know and how prepared they are versus getting a call, ask them asking you to see a place and you automatically go into showing mode with them and you have no idea what what, what's going on behind the scenes, what they're prepared for, if they're even qualified to purchase the home that you're showing them. So you always have to take a step back. I know buyers especially are very eager to get into the process and want to see houses, but you're the professional. So it's about guiding them into the right uh, standard of, of operating when it comes to working with you. And in doing so, you're telling them here's what this represents, right? Here's you're in a lot of ways, you're explaining what your job is. We talk a lot about the value of a realtor and that some people out there don't really understand what it is we bring to the table. Some people out there question our commission rates. They question, they question, they question. Um, this is one of the mechanisms right up front to not only explain what it is that we do and the value that we provide, but really to lay out, uh, as I was saying before, the protection that you're providing and what 
the nature of a client relationship is. And that doesn't matter which one of these documents it is. It could be a tenant rep, a buyer rep, a listing agreement, whatever. Um, you know, the working with a realtor, like these, these are the forms that are specifying in plain English, here's my job and here's what I'm responsible for to look out for your best interest. And until such time that you sign this document and I sign this document, because we're signing it together, we don't have a formal protection that ensures that each of us are going to do what is required to successfully go forward with a transaction, which my job is to make sure that you get exactly what it is you're looking for. And this formalizes that not just in listing it out, but in contractually obligating me to do what's best for you. And that's the kind of protection that people should feel comfortable with. So what do you do with people that don't want to sign anything? Because we know we come across with these types of clients or potential clients all the time. They want to see places with you, but they don't want to commit because they might want to go another direction, or maybe they just might find somebody else, a listing agent that will show them a place and try to get them a deal. Um, how do you get around that? I think like with a lot of objections, and I don't even know if that's an objection. That might more be- um, I think it's an objection. It's an object. I mean, if they say, I won't do it- I don't want to sign- yeah, you I don't want to commit into to asking anybody. Questions. You yeah. go straight into asking questions, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, you need to make part of every process, but this more than any. And, and the preliminary work you do with a would-be client is going to be a lot of asking questions, potentially before you even yeah. get to this, right? So right. part of it is rooted in what you were saying before, which is setting the expectation that this is coming at such point that we've established this is a working relationship we want to have. Because not everybody is right. Like yeah. you and I have both had people we've started talking to and then said, you know, not to their face. We haven't, I don't know, but you know, not everybody is the right fit. Mm -hmm. Might be because their expectations aren't in line with what we deem appropriate for what we do. Maybe the product they're looking for isn't our area of specialty. Um, but that's where you have to do some digging and you ask questions. And if it is specifically about the agreement where someone says, I'm not going to sign anything with you, then don't be afraid to ask, may I ask, you know, what it is that is preventing you from wanting to do that, right? I wouldn't use negative, negative words like, why don't you want to? Yeah. Right? Because it might not be that they don't want to, or it might not be that they think it's bad, Yeah. but often it's going to be a misconception about what that represents. In some cases, it might genuinely be a situation where someone wants to play the field and just have a million people on call and be able to leverage the time that we have, use us and lose us, which is why we need to be, you know, responsible enough to get them to sign something. I'm not against someone who says, I'd like to go out with you once to see if this makes sense before right. I lock in. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. If it's reasonable for you, if it's not reasonable for you, that's cool. If if like if yeah. you won't take people on showings without having them signed, okay, right? Or like, if you get them to sign for that particular house that you're showing them, that's can be that can protect you for that particular situation. But yeah, for sure. It's you got to do what's comfortable with you for you and and that's the thing. Like I think we hear all the time, never cut your commission, always get the buyer up signed before you take out a buyer. Like it's, it's a business decision. So you've got to go with what works for you, but at the same time, you can't get taken advantage of. And, and 
in that same light, you need to know your boundaries overall for your business, right? Yeah, because 100%. sometimes, I mean, this isn't explicitly about the dollars and cents, but that's one element, you know, the time frame, like you were saying, are you comfortable signing an agreement with someone for one property? Are you comfortable signing an agreement with somebody after they've already tested you out or not? Um, you need to know all of that the same way you need to know what's on these documents before you start talking to people. Because confusion and and sort of that tentativeness that you might have when someone asks you a question or when you ask them to do something and they come back at you with a rebuttal, you need to know where to go with these things. And that's only in knowing the full spectrum of things that can happen over the course of the discussion and things that might be asked of you. You know, could the could the contract say this? Could we cross this out? Right. I, I know we have an agent who crosses things out or amends things that are scarier, but don't bother her mm -hmm. in some of these agreements because she knows that they're elements that won't impact the job that she does, but are elements that will scare away a potential client from actually committing to her. Yeah. Right. Um so know your brokerage boundaries. is good with that. And you're yeah, there's knowledge on on that front as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't yeah. go and just make changes to standard forms. That's not a good but idea. Like zero percent for commission. And then what's the point of <laughs> well she pay, she pays people you. to sign the forms with her. That's... Yeah. But yeah, and I I think also asking the question, what has your experience been in the past working with an agent, whether you're on the buy or the sell side? I think a lot of times we often overlook that there's a lot of first-time home sellers out there that have no idea how the process works and doesn't really get it. And if you know that you're working with somebody that's never gone through this before, you need to take a step back and really explain things. You can't assume that people know this is what you're supposed to sign. This is how it's supposed to go. So um, that's a really important question as you're asking your questions and doing that discovery meeting that you you understand so that you can properly position everything that you're saying moving forward. Right. Now, there's also the softer side of this. Like, I think we're talking about the physical pen to paper stuff and how do we get them to do that? You need to be aware of the environment that you're dealing with as well, right? Like there's a time and a place to ask the question or to present the form, right? So by that, I mean, like read the room, basically. If you're right at the tail end of a very stressful back and forth, or you can tell that these, you know, this person or these people are in a tough headspace. Mm that might not be the best time to say, okay, can we sign this now? Right? Yeah. Like yeah. if you can read that it's, you know, a situation where somebody needs to take it away and review it, even if you go through it with them in detail, or you offer them the opportunity to, you know, come back to you with questions that evening or whatever, these are the right thing to do. That's not wrong to require that somebody, you know, I'm not standing up, I'm not leaving this room until it's signed you know, you over time should be able to, and I think in our roles already and the way that we're able to build relationships in general, like we said, most of the people who are having trouble with this, their trouble's not with getting people to like them or getting people to trust them or want to work with them. It's mm -hmm. that final step of, I don't know if I want them to sign the contract, right? Do they really need to, like, they're going to work with me. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the nightmare story, right? There's enough out there that you can learn from of the people who said the same thing and then their client 
turned around and made an offer on a place with a listing agent to save some commission, or they said they didn't know any better or whatever. Yeah. And you really and have no claim. Well, and that's another thing, especially when you're dealing with people for the first time, but I think in, in general, in every, in, in, in any situation with a client, explaining to them different scenarios that will happen. Like, you know, if you go to an open house and you, without me, like you just happen to stumble upon an open house on the weekend, you just want to go in, make sure to let them know that you're working with me so that you don't have to deal with, you know, them following up with you, asking you to all these questions, that kind of thing. Like, just let them know I'm working with this person. And then, you know, you're, you're on the right track with, with, with the open house and can freely go through the home without feeling like you're being bombarded by the listing agent, like frame it in a way that's going to make sense. And that's going to help them, um, navigate this whole process. But I would say just make note of like the most common scenarios, your buyers and your sellers, mostly your buyers again, but, um, your clients are going to find themselves in and that, uh, that are often misunderstood or end up leading to a very challenging situation and get ahead, as you, as you've said, get ahead of all of that stuff. Um, the more you can get ahead of it, better off you're going to be. Well, and the way you were putting that last thing, it's a very different tone when you're telling them things like when you go there, you know, I've got your back, even if I'm not there, let them mm -hmm. know that, you know, I'm here to make sure not just that you're not stressed about the offer process, but if you're going to open houses, if you're doing things, we're a team, start talking with that team mindset, use mm -hmm. words like we and us, right? Even before you have the contract signed, because it instills that feeling in people's minds that it's not transactional, right? Like it is transactional, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not you and them yeah. and we're just going to do a deal and move on because this builds into long-term relationship also, yeah. right? The, I, I don't love, I, I, and I'm not against what you were saying, like the one day BRAs, right? I'm because if that's what you can- Before they sign like long-term with you, right. if yeah, you yeah, want to take them out one showing just to see how the relationship works out- then if you want to be super careful, that's always a good practice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a protected taste test, I guess, for them, yeah. which is good. It's, it's better than doing the one showing without anything. You're right. Like it's, um, but like reinforce the value of the relationship and how good it yeah. is for them yeah. to have someone in their corner. Yeah. Well, and to that point, yeah. Having them sign just the one for that property definitely comes across as that is being used to protect the agent and not right. the consumer. So definitely, yeah, you got to be careful again, how you approach things because yeah, if you take the approach that let's go out a, a couple of times, we get a feeling for how we like to work, then going back to them and asking them to sign a, a buyer rep for those particular properties can kind of come across a little bit sleazy. So you're right. It's, it's, it's all in how you do business. Whatever that, that's it. With. Like pe people respond in such different ways. You've got skeptics. You've got, you know, I say this nicely, but you've got cheapskates. You know, you've got people who have different objectives beyond solely the I actually want to buy the right house for me, which should be what they're focused on, or I want to sell my house with all of the objectives I'm looking for. This goes back into listening early before you get into the contract you need to be able to take the time to get to know and build that initial relationship and profile of the people who you're going to be dealing with. Mm -hmm. And this is anybody, tenants, landlords, buyers, or sellers. 
And the more you're able to do that, it's not just to find out their objectives, but that's a big part of it, but it's also to read the way that they respond to different cues and personalities. And this goes to other talks we've had about matching and mirroring and all that stuff. Um, because in a lot of cases, your angle might not be so in their face about the value of the contract. Um, I, I I don't know if you've seen, I, I'm going to side sidetrack because when I knew we were talking about this, I, I saw something and it's a really cool campaign I never knew about before um, from, you know, Patagonia, the jacket mm -hmm. company. Yeah. They ran a campaign and the whole campaign was a picture of a jacket and it said in big letters, don't buy this jacket. That was the mm -hmm. campaign. And the point of it was when you read the rest of the ad, I mean, it was basically talking about how people have too much excess and how people are just spending their money on lots of things when really only buy this if you're looking for something that's really good quality because it's going to be more expensive. But we believe in not wasteful buying and yada, yada, like lots of stuff. And like we believe in buying things that cost a bit more because they're better quality, blah, blah, blah. And it did amazing, but it's a different kind of an angle that I think is a really cool tool to have in your tool, bait, tool belt, potentially, for conversations you have with people who are skeptics, where you need to be willing to stand behind your own value as well, right? So it does go beyond the letters on the listing agreement or the letters on the buyer rep agreement that say, here's what I'm responsible for by virtue of the law. Like, yes, signing that protects them, but signing that with anybody protects them. It's really also, why should it be with me? And this is hopefully what you're framing this whole conversation with, where the signing it is the formality that goes around the fact that you were able to sell yourself and your value above and beyond all other people, which for most of these situations, it seems like in our agent's case and people we talk to, they have been able to earn the trust and respect of people. It's just that signing part. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's all. And it, yeah, I, I, I think it really comes down to just your confidence and your preparation when starting to work with your client. You just got to get those down pat. You got to know that your forms, you need to be confident in, in explaining them and, and, and then to your point as well, you need to know your value and where you're going to cut things off. Like if a client, if you say, you know what, I typically, um, we'll go out with a client a couple of times before having them sign the buyer rep, just to make sure they're comfortable with you. And then at that point, if your buyer is then saying, you know what, I don't think I want to sign it yet. You got to know where you're going to draw the line and everybody's going to be different. So you just have to know, trust your gut, what you're comfortable with. You know, some people are legit just, you know, maybe they had a bad experience before where, uh, a, an agent tried to sneak in a six month buyer rep agreement with an offer they made, and then they were stuck. Um, so maybe that's why they don't want to sign. And so that is a very different situation than somebody else, another buyer that wants to just shop around. And if they do happen to stumble into an open house and the listing agent is nice and will write an offer for them, then, then screw you kind of thing. So, you know, and and this comes with experience as well. And that's why it's important to speak with other agents that you trust that work very similar to you to kind of get their, their take on things. And in addition to that, it's also role-playing, like role-play these scenarios out. Like maybe you didn't feel like you handled something correctly. 
don't just wallow in self-pity and be like, oh, I'm never going to be able to figure this out. Nobody's ever going to sign with me. Write out these scenarios that happen to you because I guarantee you more than more than just you are dealing with it. And if you can now know how to handle it for next time, it you're you're prepared. It's all a learning experience. Like we've all had those shady moments, those weird, awkward things that happen. I remember when I first started out, I would like bring the list or the rep- representation agreement with me to the first showing, like the first time I've ever met this person. Like, first of all, I went to a showing without doing any sort of like consultation ahead of time. And then I'm there in the, sh- in the dining room asking them to sign this agreement. And it's like, oh my God, it was so awkward. And like, most times it didn't work out because people were like, what is this? Like, you're just blindsiding me with this random form that I've never seen before. Like, of course they wouldn't sign, but if I knew, if I could have talked, if I just talked to somebody and kind of gotten their take on things, I probably would have stopped being so weird and shady and awkward. <laughs> well, you're still kind of weird and shady and awkward. I, I kind of am, but I feel like, you know, you learn along the way too. <laughs> well, I, I think anybody listening to this, who's run into issues, like you've had an experience where you felt you might not be a shady person, but you felt like a sleaze bag, yeah. right? And it's because that's what you're thinking before you even do it. Like you're telling yourself, this feels sleazy. And if it feels sleazy, it's going to look sleazy and people are going to see sleazy. So you need to change the conversation in your head first. Be prepared with the knowledge. Be prepared with the approach you're going to take and prepare them for what's to come, right? Like it's never going to go well if you pull it out. That sounded wrong. It's never going to go. That's going to be our tagline. It's Maybe never going to go open. wrong if you pull it out. Let's, All let's right. That's no, never going to go well. It's never going to go well. We should. That should be oh, a, when, when we put wow. this together. That'll be the opening line where people really wonder for, what this episode's sure, about. For sure. Um, no, it's. It, but it's never <laughs> double entendre. If you just go into a situation and. Any way that I say this is going to come out wrong. You know what I'm saying. You got to reword this whole thing. (laughs) If you throw a contract in front of people with no prior warning. Yeah. It doesn't look good. And I don't care what industry you're in. Mm -hmm. Pulling it out without warning is a bad thing. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to go well for you. (laughs) Those are words to live by right there. (laughs) What? You might land up in jail. You could, you could, yeah, you yeah. could. So, well, yeah, I'm just not even going to go down that road anymore. That's, that's a different podcast. Altogether. We're done. We're done. Um, But yeah, just be prepared. Confidence, preparation, the ability to ask questions and listen. These are all important things. And there's a lot that falls within it, but this is how you set yourself up for success, not just with contract signing, but with the transactions, the relationship building in general, right? These are all fundamentals of your business and there's no exception when it comes to getting a contract signed. Do it with your own boundaries in place. Don't feel like just because somebody does it one way, you have to do it that way. It's the same thing with listings, right? Like I I was always told you should not leave a listing presentation without basically forcing a listing agreement onto the sellers. And how bullshit. Yeah, it's it's like the and also like people are changing. Like those 
I mean, I don't want to call them old school ways, but they're kind of old school ways of, of tackling things. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out for the right person, but you need to know how you operate, how you are and, you know, come up with a, a system that, that can flow well with, with how you work and how you talk to your clients. So, yeah. And, and understand that this isn't, again, it's not a document that is there to protect you and lock you in with somebody because it is locking you in with somebody, but it might be a situation where you curse the day you locked yourself in with that person because you didn't ask enough questions, right? Like if you're on a six month BRA with somebody who is never going to buy a property and you know it, yeah, you've basically locked yourself into a fiduciary duty with somebody who's going to do nothing but take you on long drives around the city. Yeah. And potentially get really pissed off at you and say, I thought you're looking out for my best interest, right? So yeah, just be aware of every element of what these contracts represent. Be prepared to explain it. And that is all. And I'm still thinking about that one line that I dropped five minutes ago. So I'm done talking. I think I'm in the penalty box. I'm in the penalty box till next week. Sounds good. Well, Great chatting with you. Thanks for tuning in everybody. And this will be a recording for our podcast for next week. So if you don't want to watch us on Facebook, then you can listen to us in the car. And if you're listening to us in the car and you do want to watch us, this will also probably still Head be on, on Facebook. Over. Come on down. Or YouTube and on or YouTube. somewhere. We're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Wherever. When they're not podcasts. What is this? What is this if it's on video? A vlog? Is that what this is? Or is it just a video podcast? Yeah, video podcast. A vodcast? I'm done. It's okay. I can see your eye rolls. That's the beauty of video. All right. I'm done. All right. Thanks, everybody. Keep it. Have fun. We'll see you next week.